0: Today is Friday, July 30th, 2021. If you are not in the arena getting your ass kicked on occasion, I am not interested or open to your feedback. There are a million cheap seats in the world today filled with people who will never be brave with their own lives, but will spend every ounce of energy they have hurling advice and judgment at those of us trying to dare greatly. Their only contributions are criticism, cynicism, and fear-mongering. If you're criticizing from a place where you're not also putting yourself on the line, I'm not interested in your feedback. Brene Brown You're listening to episode 253, Music and Mindfulness, with singer Fia Forstrum.
1: The biggest thing for me has been to really anchor into the fact that there is a place for me in this world. There is a place for everybody in this world. And by me stepping into my place and into my light doesn't mean that I take away from anybody else. Mm. There is enough for everybody. So me, by me claiming my space, me gathering back my power and then radiating whatever gift that I bring, that is how I feel we're meant to operate in this world, each and every one of us connecting to that unique brilliance. Because we give give each other permission by doing that.
2: Trying to put me in a box Saying this is it, you'll never be enough Take those dreams and put them on a shelf (laughs) And for many years I was holding back Thinking I should be more like this and that But then I saw the real truth of it all No, I am not who you think much more. I am one with source. I am limitless, infinite, powerful, abundant, complete from the start, creator of all. I am that I am. Oh yes, I am that I am. And I've been stuck in thoughts, doing it their way, didn't listen to
0: What's Nothing's up, everybody? Welcome to the we show. Change. Thanks so much for Let being here. Happy Friday to you. Inside. Thanks also for bearing with me through that longer quote today by Brene Brown. It's a good quote, though. You know, it's really... We'll get into it a little bit later, but it's a good quote. Very appropriate for today. I'm going to be interviewing singer and up-and-coming songwriter Fia Forstrom. She's a folk pop singer with her inspirational lyrics, empowering songs, and catchy melodies quickly enchanting the hearts all over the world with the release of her solo debut, Made of Stars, in 2016, which was crowdfunded together with her fans. Building a solid platform through social media and word of mouth, Fia took her place as one of the leading voices on the motivational music scene with Legacy of Light in 2017 and Waterfall of Wisdom in 2019. Both of them recorded and released with the help of her loving listeners. In 2020, her music was featured in a meditation app developed by the University of California Santa Barbara Center for Mindfulness and Human Potential, bringing her songs to high school students all over the United States. If you want to check Fia out, just look her up. She's pretty much everywhere you can look up somebody. So she's on Patreon, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, SoundCloud, everywhere you want to go. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes because there's a lot of them. So if you want to go follow her, you want to go check her out, get some of her music. Um, go check her out on the show notes for this episode. It's episode 253 at danceoflife.com podcast. We get all the links there. Today we're going to jump into Fia's journey as an artist, as well as a few important topics that I always like to talk about, which is like mindfulness, meditation, sense of purpose, intuition, all those wonderful things that we are always talking about whenever we can. Fia's music is very meditative and it's also coming from a real place of empowerment and authenticity. I just, I'm very grateful to have her on the show. You don't get too many artists on the show, so very happy to have her on the show and jump into it. So we're just about to do this. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, share button, leave a review button if there's a review button there for you. Every little bit counts as always. Very grateful to have you here with me. Let's do this. 253 Music and Mindfulness with singer Fia Forström.
2: I am traveling down the road, quit my job and left my home I am being pulled by something greater than me And I intend to walk until my vision's clear and mind is still Following that subtle voice within And though I may not see the path ahead, I am confident I'm taking one step at a time, I put my heart out on the line and there will be one hell of a roller coaster ride, but I am ready I am ready to shine ready to shine ready to shine ready to shine ready to shine, ready to shine.
0: All right. Well, Hey, thanks so much for being on the show Fia. I mean, I'm so excited. First off, I love your music. Number one, I just, I'm a fellow musician. Uh, I've, I've created my own albums. I've been in a band, you know, several, several years. And uh, just from one musician to another, I I really love your heart, your soul. You know, you're very authentic and uh, I just love your music. So thanks for being on the show. I'm very excited to have you on the show. I don't have too many, uh, you know, singers and songwriters and pop artists.
1: yay thank you so much i'm happy to be here thanks for having me on
0: yeah thanks for letting me use some of your music too for the intro and outros and everything for the episode i think that's uh i always like to do that you know when people come in like i said i don't have that many uh you know artists that come in to the show but when they do i always like to kind of personalize it with a little bit of their work so thanks for letting me do that yeah how's the great awakening treating you (laughs)
1: well it's different every day um today has been a really good day i've had a lot of time to rest um walk my dog for long walks in the forest Mm. and just one of those you know in between days where you get um some nourishment
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so important too i especially i mean i can imagine with the creative work that you do when was the last album that you produced when did that release
1: and um, the latest release of an album was Waterfall of Wisdom, and that was mm. the spring of 2019. Now, so oh, wow, gotcha. two years. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Are you working on anything new, or just kind yes. of taking a break? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I have um, two singles lined up. One that is uh, coming out at the end of this month, and then one oh, cool. at the end of the summer. And in the like feeling space, um, finding my my producer to work on. Uh, the next like full album with. So that's coming too.
0: That's cool. That's so exciting. I love music. That's one thing actually. I would, I would love to get back into and I really want to get back into is uh, writing, creating music again. I used to, I mean, I still play the piano, but I just haven't played in a while, but I've played since I was eight years old. And one of my favorite things to do is just sit there and play and just, you know, create music and just fiddle around on the piano and just make up you know, just different pieces. Like, Oh, this sounds cool. Let me go with that. You know? Oh, this sounds cool. Let me go with that. You know? So, uh, that's, I think one of the most enjoyable things that I've done in my life is just to create music. I think it's so much fun.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm so with you. It's for me too. It's like, it is my sanctuary. It's my play space, you know, it's where I, um, get to explore myself or I get to just, um for me making music is uh freedom you know i get mm. to just expand and see what happens when i put myself in a creative space when i open up for uh for flow um it's i i love it too so feeling how did you uh
0: how old were you when you started playing music like how did you get going with this whole music thing and were you always interested in music or kind of did you start a little bit later like how did it all happen
1: I started out when I was ten, and mm-hmm. I began in the classical world. So I picked uh, a woodwind instrument. I picked the oboe.
0: Oh, nice! I love the oboe. Oboe is great.
1: It's beautiful.
0: It is beautiful. And yeah.
1: I was just very. I was set up on becoming a soloist and really excelling That's in a that hard world. life,
0: man. Yeah.
1: It's a hard life, which I realized. <laughs> um, but I played for about nine years, and then simultaneously with that i i started to write my own songs and i discovered that i loved singing you know and i I came to a point where i had to choose it's it's really like that if you're going to go down a classical path you had to really commit you had to devote yourself because it is practice several hours a day and it's it's fierce clarity to make it there yeah i wanted something else i wanted to write my own songs i wanted to play in bands i wanted to Um, have more choices. So at about 18, 19, I chose to leave the classical world and full-on commit and devote myself to my songwriting and, um, yeah, pursue that path in music instead. And uh, the first album came out in 2016.
0: Nice. That's so cool. I mean, you know, especially nowadays, I think there's so many, um, so many ways that you can create music and, and publish your music and certainly it's it's a different monetization strategy i'm sure um yeah. you know than it was you know 20 30 years ago obviously it's a lot more complicated but at the same time you also have a lot more freedom as an artist i think to create music and i mean just do so much you know and I, i'm curious how did you learn that you could sing i mean because singing is to me like that's that takes some vocal cords i mean you have you have a great voice you know but uh did you just kind of start singing? You're like, "Oh wow, okay, like I can sing." Or did somebody say, "Like, hey, you should maybe try singing." Like, how did that all happen? <laughs>
1: um, I think I discovered that pretty early on. Um, I, I think uh, singing and music making comes naturally for many children, and then mm. uh, at one point, some of us might get like uh, disencouraged and shut down, and some of us gets uh, encouraged and supported. Um, I was one of those children who really early on uh, heard feedback from my environment that, Oh, that sounds really good. You should continue doing that. And the first and foremost, I, I thought it was so much fun. I loved doing it. And it was just extra fun when other people seemed to enjoy it too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I can totally relate to that. It's so funny. I, when I, uh, when I was in college, I actually was, trying to double major in, uh, whatever major I had, I think it was English or something. And then also with music theory and composition and that man, like within, I remember having just this breakdown at school. Like I was, you know, just trying to listen to some piece we had to analyze and, you know, it was just, it was just not what I wanted to do. And it's was just like, okay, this is like you said, I test time to make a choice, you know? And I think sometimes we, we get, uh, you know, I got good enough to where it's like, okay, I can create music. Like I'm not a virtuoso but I can create music. I can play, I can have fun. I can, you know, uh, express my creativity. And that was enough for me. And um, you know, I I think that life, unfortunately it's, it's not very appreciated. The musician's life in general, I don't think is, especially like, um, you know, classically trained musicians and things like that. Unfortunately, that's just not where very well appreciated, but uh, yeah, I can definitely relate to your story and having to make that choice. And it's always nice to interview somebody else who's, who's made it and being successful doing what they love with the, with music, especially, I think music is much harder to, I don't know. I mean, you can tell me like, what is it like to be, um, I guess successful financially as an artist. I mean, there's a lot more strategies you have to employ now than just going to concerts, especially now with the whole COVID thing. I mean, you know, there there go concerts out the window. So how, you know, how do you become successful as an artist? I mean, you have a great talent, you have great voice, but then at the same time, if nobody hears you, you know, then do you exist? Right. So how's that whole journey been for you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I came to, I came to realize that I really want to do this. I mean, there's nothing else that I want to do. And um, I pretty quickly figured out that I need to be an entrepreneur. I need yeah. to find out how can I build a business around my, my art. and um, First and foremost, like the first step was overcoming um, the conditionings of uh, oh, when you make art, you you sacrifice everything, and it's only a few selected who get who can live on it, and all of those like false ideas. Yeah. Um, I had to erase them out of my mind and really see. Okay, what life do I want to create? What is my truth? and How do I want to live? Um, we live in a beautiful. Uh, time of the internet which has given artists so much power back than when for example musicians we were dependent on uh, a label to pick us up and and show us to the world with um, social media platforms with being able to build our own websites and create an online presence we can present ourselves to the world by our own efforts by our own heart and own drive and I, I found my thing really, I, I felt like what I'm, what I'm doing has value. What I do needs to be out there and it's up to me. And I found and still find juice in like the building of my business and the continuation and development of my creativity. Like I see as business and art going hand in hand because the world will always need more art. I mean, yeah. it's the, it's the spark, it's the it's the enjoyment, it's, it's the freedom that um, inspires us. Yes, you know, we can see this whole year of COVID, like no concerts, no museums, no whatever, and it's been fucking dull. Excuse the language.
0: Oh, you're fine. It's all good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so for me, I've I've dedicated since the release of my album in 2016, um, I've been really focused on creating my home space on the internet to all my different platforms. And making sure that I am bringing the music to people, saying, hey, I, I have, been, have this music and I think you would enjoy hearing it. Would you want to listen? And not being afraid of putting myself out there and asking, um, asking people to listen, asking people to share. You know, that was very much the game in the beginning. And when something is good, when we come upon something that we enjoy, what do we do? We talk about it and we share about it to our closest friends. So that is what happened. And then I've just been continuing um, creating good music, continuing uh, creating an online presence and community. And that has really sustained me, especially through this year. Like you said, no concerts. Bless uh, the internet that has been able to um, carry me through.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, you brought up so many important things. And I think one of them especially is, you know, like when you, especially online business, but I mean, I think I would say business in general, as an entrepreneur, one of the hardest things is to get over this feeling that you're selling yourself. You know, you're selling something by sharing it with other people, obviously. And, you know, we we have these sort of uh, limiting beliefs about ourselves, right? That we we say, oh gosh, you know, they're going to maybe think I'm too forward or, you know, I don't want to, you know, upset anybody. And I think that's very important because I think a lot of people can relate to that. You know, that whole feeling of encroaching on somebody else's life by sharing yourself. And you said, you know, I know this is valuable. I know that I'm valuable. I know that I have something good to offer. And that's, that's a very important shift. And I'm curious, you know, has anything helped you create that shift? Because I think when you create that shift in your life, I think that it's a lot easier. Obviously you just, you have to put the action in, but it's, it's creating that shift and getting over that feeling of gosh, you know, like I feel so, you know, weird by even sharing this, but in reality, like this is valuable. Like I know I'm valuable. There's not, I'm not doing anything weird or, you know, uh, immoral or whatever else, you know, I'm I'm sharing something valuable. So how do you, how would, what would you say to people basically struggling with that from your own experience and, and getting over that limiting belief?
1: Mm. Yeah, um, I would say what has helped me on my journey has been um, really getting to know myself. So going down a journey of uh, personal development and for myself, diving into my spirituality and in there, I'm finding and grounding down in a very deep sense of self, um, a self that is uh, detached from what I do and that. Just realizing that I am inherently worthy simply by being alive, you know, and um, seeing myself and what I make as um, as a gift, not only to myself but to the world, like at a big at a big scale. Like I'm here for a reason, mm-hmm. and this is something I would say. It can't come by the snap of a finger and like one day you wake up and you realize that you're worthy. But most of the times it's a gradual process of unpacking, limiting beliefs, like you said, like working through um, trauma and also just becoming, it's such a cliche, but it's true, becoming your best friend you know, becoming the the one that has your back and the one that advocates for you. And the biggest thing for me has been to really anchor into the fact that there is a place for me in this world. There is a place for everybody in this world. And by me stepping into my place and into my light doesn't mean that I take away from anybody else. Mm. There is enough for everybody. So me, by me claiming my space, me gathering back my power and then radiating whatever gift that I bring, that is how I feel we're meant to operate in this world. Each and every one of us connecting to that unique brilliance because we we give each other permission by doing that. Like yeah.
0: yeah. So well said. I'm a hundred percent with you right there. Yeah. That's exactly the way I think about it too. I mean, uh, that was one of my journeys as a competitive athlete doing an art form. I mean, ballroom dancing is a sport, but it's also an art form. It's, it's a type of art. And so it's very subjective, obviously. <laughs> and so, you know, when you try to mix competition with subjectivity, it's just, it's just stupid, you know? So, I mean, uh, you get a lot of very important spiritual lessons from that, um, gray type of situation. And one of the biggest things that in the same way you said it exactly I, I you literally articulated it the exact way I think about it, which is, you know, me stepping into my light doesn't take away light from anybody else. And that was a big lesson for me from competing in a subjective art form where, you know, you've got a ton of people on the floor and they're all waving around looking pretty and, you know, (laughs) got their rhinestones and makeup. And, um, you know, it's, it's so easy to shrink when somebody is next to you because you feel these feelings of competitiveness or, you know, insecurity or or lack of worth and learning how to also not react the other way, which is uh, somebody comes next to you into your space. Then you feel, you know, your ego gets puffed up and your feathers get big and you try to sort of conflict with them, you know, so both of those are, our ego responses. How do I stand up? How do I occupy my, my own space? Um, you know, my own light, the way you said it, which I love, uh, without it being in relationship to someone else externally. You know what I mean? Like how do I occupy and identify myself without uh, this dualistic sort of relationship between me and how do I compare it to that person? And that, that was a real journey for me. And I think everybody has to go on that journey in their own way, right? I mean, uh, we all have to figure figure out that we are worthy and that we're not taking up space from someone else by claiming that worth, right? So I'm curious in your experience, uh, what was there anything, I mean, you're, you're very aware, you know, you're, you're very much a seeker, you're on the road uh, like everybody else that's questioning and asking questions of their life. So I'm curious, but is there anything specific in your own life, that, that led you or helped you find some really, like, did you attend any events? Did something, you know, significant happen in your life that maybe helped you kind of reframe some things? Like, or was it more of a gradual process? I mean, anything you feel like sharing?
1: Yeah. For me, it was uh, the autumn of 2014 when I had jumped out. I dropped out of music education and I uh, had been working small jobs here and there. And I arrived to a point where I was completely at the bottom. I was in a really bad state mentally and exhausted. Um, What happened then was that I decided to move back home with my mom and dad and to like regroup myself. And what I did was that I gave myself a recipe of yoga and sleep.
2: Mm.
1: And what happened then was I was through the yoga, I was giving a tool to come down and really arrive into my body. I was giving just the the concept of presence, of being in the moment, observing myself observing my thoughts um, and that all of this like accumulated and like put together catalyzed um, this new this new sense of self, this new way of living um, and I started to to be drawn to other people who are also, on the path of coming home to themselves, so I I traveled to a place here in Sweden, which is called Ingsbäck, which is a beautiful, vibrant living community uh, that hosts festivals and workshops all year round. And there, for the first time, I met um, kindred spirits, and then it just continued. The more mm. I immerse myself in. Um, In metaphysical studies and personal development the more doors just seemed to appear and I would walk through them and 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 each step of the way I felt as if I was just gathering back myself and learning so much about me um yeah so it was like a, a, a gradual pivotal moment and then just like the the snowball yeah the snowball tumbling (laughs) down the mountain
0: (laughs) well they do say you're i mean yeah i mean you you are the person you are surrounded with right the five people that supposedly surround you create your personality so Mm. i mean that's uh that's so important And i find too it's interesting that as we change our own vibration or you know self that people around us change as well so it's like this kind of dual process you know you have people around you and they shape you and then obviously you, you also shape yourself and that changes the people around you. So it's always interesting to see how other people's experiences are. I still, I'm, it's on my bucket list to go to Sweden. I, I think Sweden's a great country. How is it now with all the, I mean, are you guys still crazy with lockdowns or anything or not really?
1: No, I think we're one of the, <laughs> we're one of the countries that have had a more laid back style. Um, right, yeah. We haven't had any in fourth lockdowns. We've had stern recommendations and like calling (laughs) upon people's conscience and like self-responsibility. Um, and people have different opinions on however that has been going well or not, but like there's a vaccine rolling out. So I think people are going to, the, the majority of society will start to chill down. Um, I haven't been that much affected. I live in the countryside. Um, And when I'm not traveling, I don't meet anyone. So I've been here in hermit mode writing music. (laughs) So I'm I'm grateful that uh, I've created a life um, where I've been able to, yeah, pretty much continue as normal, except for the not traveling part.
0: Well, the hermit life is a winning formula for creative work. I'll tell you that. I mean, sometimes you just have to, I, I mean, I remember Beethoven used to say, would uh, not listen to any music while he was composing like he would not listen for a while just so he would kind of not be influenced his mind would not be influenced and so i noticed too like when i was writing my last book it was a huge freaking book and it's just like i was grateful that it happened all during covid because i mean I, if i had all the other crap that i was doing every day there's no freaking way that i would have sat down and channeled you know cuz you have to channel i think when you're doing creative work you're really having to to channel something and that means like, okay, setting it up and then just like going for however long it needs to get out of you. And so you can't, that's not on like scheduled time. Like you can't say, okay, from two to four, I'm going to be creative. You know, and we're just going to, we're going to write a song from two to four. It doesn't work that way. So I think you definitely need, especially when you're in that creative phase, I think you need that uh, isolation, right? A little bit of isolation, which is which is useful. So
1: yeah, minimizing distractions. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: You have a condition, or at least you. I read that you dealt with a condition called Hinoch Shonlein Purpur. If I'm pronouncing it right, HSP. I guess it's called. I never even heard of that. Could you tell me, yeah. like, what that's been like, or you know how? What was it? How did you get it? How you deal with it? What yeah, you learned so, from it.
1: <laughs> so HSP highly sensitive person is a personality trait. Um, oh, and it's okay. something, so it's not a, a disorder, not a diagnosis. Um, it is a trait that can be found in about 20% of the human population and it's also oh, in it. the animal kingdom. Um, what this does is uh, it creates a heightened sense of uh, um, like we take in more information
0: through an empath. empathic, pretty much.
1: Yes, similar to the empathic, um, and and sort it in a more detailed way. Um, what this brings also, um, if you're not aware of this, or you don't have the tools how to navigate your own experience, uh, you can become easy, little easier overwhelmed as well. Um, but yeah, this is something that I that I realized that I had this trait when I was about 16, 17, Before Mm. that, I often felt as if what is wrong with me? When I move around in the world, I often feel as if I don't fit in and I get overwhelmed by crowds and people and I sense what other people are feeling and what is mine and what is theirs. And it was my godmother who gave me a book. Which, which is um, in Swedish, it's called and that means pretty much like do not drown in your emotions. Hmm. And it was like a guidebook on how to empower yourself as a highly sensitive person, tools, how to navigate and really harness the gifts of your sensitivity yeah. instead of feeling like it's a burden. Um, yeah.
0: So what do you do now? I mean, because there's a lot of people that I'm sure can relate to that, you know, that are very, um, you know, intuitive, you know, that they feel what other people feel and they don't know what that means that they feel those things and they feel that it's hard for them to relate or, you know, they, they sort of try to force themselves to relate in groups, even though they feel totally, you know, disconnected. So what are some things that you do, or I guess that you've done, like, what are some habits or things that you've done to, to help you manage that sensitivity and, and not let it, go overboard
1: (laughs) yeah the first step for me has been um realizing that it's a gift that it actually is a big part of who i am and it gives me um the ability for example to write the kinds of songs that i write um people who have the hsp trait are usually highly highly creative and and also for me it has been about um establishing a practice in um energetic clearing so sitting down and and working with visualization and meditations all to just like bring myself back into equilibrium and to strengthen my sense of self so that when Mm -hmm. i do move around in the world i'm steady i'm clear and i don't feel like i'm just like this floating in the wind whatever happens i can't control it you know it has been a journey of really um establishing um uh, my own field my own boundaries uh and a huge huge amount of self care like realizing that okay i don't have to be part of every single gathering but if i do choose to go to a big beautiful event i will schedule lots of downtime after that to mm-hmm. give myself the ability to recharge and the biggest thing also to not judge myself for being this way, you know? Okay. I, I get overwhelmed at times or I feel different at times, but whatever. There are so many beautiful things about, uh, about having this trait. So I will focus on that. There's tons of resources online now and there are books. So if anyone listening who recognize themselves, do a little research and, you'll find supported
0: resources. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, sensitivity is, is definitely a powerful tool and it's very, I always talk about the importance of having sensitivity in your life. You know, obviously it can um, run amuck in your brain and kind of drive you crazy at times, but I think it's so important to be sensitive because we are, I think in general, very desensitized as a, as a society, as, at least the Western, you know, consumption sort of society where it's just, one too much one way where everything's just give me something new, give me something new all the time. I mean, I was just arguing with somebody about this on Facebook of all places, of course, it's the, the center of arguments now is Facebook, you know, but uh, I saw this ad for, I don't know, some, some like marketing thing. It was like a storytelling type of marketing and this famous guy who I won't mention, but you know, he's like, Oh, you know, let me teach you how to do storytelling. It's going to, we're going to, You know he, you know you give you give a couple of uh, the tips that they're going to offer in the course or whatever. It's like reduce your vocabulary, like make simple words, like do this, this, and you know. I just saw that I'm like, give me a freaking break, you know. I just I wrote a little comment. I was like, and collectively we just get dumber, you know. (laughs) And so, of course, uh, you know the group of people just started commenting, and you know you get these little Facebook wars, and I'm like, you know, people a hundred years ago even or two never mind 200 years ago when we had classical music i mean people had vocabularies man the average person had a a good vocabulary they were educated they were, you know they were able to communicate they had an attention span music was you know you could listen to an idea you like there was this i don't know it was just a level of discourse um you know that was just different and now it's like we're just trying to dumb everything down make it quick make it okay accessible let me you know right here give me the two minute they give me the 60 second, give me the 15 second, you know, and it's like, why, you know, like why are these companies are just doing that to cater to our overall desensitization. I feel like it's just spiraling more and more out of control. And so I'm really grateful that I'm not born in this generation. I was born, you know, obviously before the internet happened was a thing. And so, you know, I feel really bad for this generation because I think they're growing up to be so desensitized and some of them are very, very sensitive. You know, they're, some of the are empaths and they're super, you know, aware and, and sort of in tune and that makes it even worse because there's so much information, you know, there's so much information now with everything, uh, between, you know, all the social media relationships and people liking and commenting and sending you comments and energy. I mean, I don't know. I would feel like it'd be overwhelming, but sensitivity is important. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, um, I feel Especially for the ones growing up now, um, but for everyone who moves around on online um, to do some self-inquiry and how how am I using these tools, and are they actually supportive, or am I, if I or am I being uh, swayed too much by them? Um, Am I like, we know how it's hijacking our brains and our reward systems and okay, that is happening, but I can always choose where to put my focus, where I spend my time. And I think it's, again, it's an invitation to self mastery, like, okay, these are the elements at play and um, I can choose for them to serve me. Or I can allow them to control me. What do I, what do I choose? And that can be an extra challenge, especially for young people, of course, being super impressionable and still their brains developing and all of the things. Um, So there we as adults can be there as examples and we can offer education and resources. And the first and foremost, like be be walking, living, breathing examples of healthy ways of using these tools by doing our own work, uh, examining our relationships with them. Um, yeah, the, the good and the bad and everything. Right.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, it's uh it's an interesting time for sure. Every time I go out in public, I mean, now it's been a little crazy, but I just remember I've been out sometimes and I see these younger parents, relatively speaking, and after have their two kids that are like, you know, babies or something. They're like, I don't know, a, a two-year-old or something at a table. And it's already looking at a, at an iPad, you know? I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, it's just weird. It's just weird to me. You know, I played in tree houses when I was a kid. We we threw the ball around outside and whatever, played with dogs, go out in the field. We just had a giant field behind our house. And that was, that was it. That was the fun thing you did that day. Or maybe... I think one of our friends had a, one of those race cars with a remote control. That was like, Oh my God. <laughs> now yeah. it's, uh, now you've got 17 year olds on YouTube making millions of dollars. And I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing necessarily, but it's just, it's, it's a weird world. It's just different, you know, for sure. So you nail it. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As an artist, how have you dealt with rejection? Because I'm sure, you know, especially nowadays, there's so many different avenues and so many different things. And obviously, as you're going through the process of establishing yourself, um, you know, there's always haters, right? So what's been your approach?
1: Yeah. um,
0: Especially as a sensitive (laughs) person.
1: (laughs) Um, I've learned to not listen to people. Um, I listen to other people who are actually doing this kind of work as well and who i see are are also getting their asses kicked i think there's some quote from Brene brown something about like if you're not also in the arena getting your ass kicked i don't want to hear from you
0: yeah i use that one for this episode
1: (laughs) yes and and i and i would like to add like and if we're not like close friends. I, I don't want to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm very selective in uh the the praise and the criticism what I take in. Um I don't want to let anything affect me too much, you know? Yeah. For me, the kind of music that I write is quite niched. So I've focused on um, presenting it to circles and communities that I feel would resonate with it, especially in the beginning, um, because it is hard to hear people saying, "This sucks. Yeah. What are you? What What are you doing?" Um, so to like spare yourself <laughs> and your creative creative self. Um, to give yourself the gift of sharing it in places where you believe it's going to be well-received. And then as I've been growing my music, I it's just the realization and the understanding that not everybody, it's impossible for everyone to like you. It's impossible for everyone to enjoy what you make. And that's actually the perfection of this universe. There is something for everyone. And I am not for everyone. But for some people, it's a freaking match, the music that I make. And I I tend to put my focus there. And I'm grateful that I don't have that many haters. Or if I do, they're quite quiet. Um, But when I get, like trolls hanging out in the comments or i see thumbs down on a youtube video i'm like (laughs) okay sucks but the but the yeah this thing i want to share someone said okay if someone falls away or if someone says that they don't like it there is going to be 10 people who say i do love it yeah i'm so grateful that you're doing it so all about where do i focus where do i put my attention and my energy
0: 100 percent. yeah i mean it's uh it is definitely i think also because f- technology facilitates that we're not used to having so many interactions a day you know we didn't evolve with having thousands of interactions per day and mm-hmm. uh, that can be really stressful especially if you're very you know sensitive and kind of feel what that person's feeling uh, you know, you put something out there, it's successful, you know, and then you get like a thousand comments and you're reading through them. You're like, Oh my God, like whether they're positive or negative, it doesn't, you know, it's very, uh, it's like, you got to take a break after that. You know, after oh you go through, yeah. After you get through your comments, you talked about boundaries earlier and mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on that. And like, what's been one of the hardest things for you to create boundaries around? Cause I think boundaries are very important in life and, and being able to say, You know what you're going to do what you're not going to do and and knowing when you're crossing your own boundaries you'll save your own energy but what's been one of the hardest things for you to create boundaries around
1: Mm, um to not emotionally caretake other people Mm. um to allow people to have their own experience and and not feeling responsible for them um and when people try to make me responsible their what they're feeling or what's happening to be lovingly clear, like I love you and I'm here and support you, but this is not my fault or this is not, it's not my responsibility to, to clear this up for you or, um, and together tied with that comes like not molding myself, um, to, to make someone else comfortable, but to actually be, um, kind and caring but very clear mm. yeah I think as a sensitive many of us wants to come there we want to we want to help and we want to fix um, but for me it has been and still is a journey of like okay it is not I'm not I'm not responsible for for another person um it is not my job to go in there and do their healing work um
0: yeah it's hard stuff to realize you know especially in the heat of the moment <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know especially if it's uh you know your friends you getting in fights with them or something your family i mean family's a big one mm-hmm. i'm sure you know you can relate to that with uh with family and parents living having lived with your parents i've lived with my parents too and you know it's it's so crazy because you, you have these patterns from when you were a child that, you know, they're just there, you know, and you don't, it doesn't matter how much growth you do. There's certain people that can push those buttons. And, you know, obviously your reaction is your responsibility, but it just amazes me how, how those programs are just so embedded in our brain. It's just crazy.
1: Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. How? Uh, what were some of the things that you learned from living with your parents? How? How long did you live with them, by the way?
1: Um, that time I lived with them mm, for about six months. Six months. Mm. What did you yeah. feel
0: that you got out of that experience? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Really being. um yeah. mm. Knowing that my my experience and my life is my responsibility, and mm. it might upset other people, or might not make sense to other people. And when that happens, and when I might receive like pushback or uh, questioning to land back into my center and my truth and to just keep, like, stay clear, like, keep navigating towards my, my, by my North Star and trust that the relationships that are supposed to stay in my life, they will. And if they're supposed to fall away, they will that too. Um, I've gone through so many evolutions with my parents. Um, We're in a really beautiful uh place now and i love them to death um and they are really really supportive on my entire journey and they've expressed themselves like thank you for walking your path because that has inspired us like my mom started doing reiki and my dad did like um took a healing course you know
0: Oh, and that, good.
1: that I would never have seen that happen. Uh,
0: your mom happen. was starting to take it or was starting to learn how to do it?
1: She learned how to perform Reiki. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. So she does that now. She does Reiki. Yeah, she that's does. really cool. Yeah. That's really cool because, you know, it's, cause, how old was your mom when she started doing that?
1: Mm, four, let me see. In
0: your fifties. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I love hearing that because it's, you know, it's never too late to try something new to reinvent yourself, to, you know, yeah. explore a different path. I love hearing that stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you meditate? Yes. How
1: different do you, how do you meditate?
0: Ways. What's your style? Mm, it
1: differs every day either meditation through dance or the classical, just upright seated meditation. Mm. Um, (laughs) That's hard hard stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And when I do that, I just focus on my breathing. Um, And I also do like just practicing uh, being, being present in each moment. You know, like when I'm doing the dishes, I'm taking a shower, or paying my bills. You know, bringing awareness to um, to the to the seemingly mundane. Paying
0: your bills—that's that's a good one. If you could be present while you're paying your bills, that's that's yeah, a yeah. whole new level. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: What is uh? You know, here's a question for you because you know you're an artist, you're you're a creative, and in my view. I've always seen creativity as something that we all have, you know, in, in just different directions, obviously some people have re- expressed it in music, you know, some people may be uh sculpting, or some people may be great with people and being connectors, creating events. You know, we all have this creative energy that I feel is our life purpose to express here. You know, I think that's one of the the things that we're meant to do here is to live that life purpose and express that creative energy. And it could be, art, it could be something else, but I don't think creativity is exclusive to art and, uh, you know, talent and all these things. So my question to you is, you know, how do you, what do you have to say to somebody who basically says, well, I'm just not talented or, you know, I don't have any, I don't have any talent in anything. I don't have any creativity. Because my answer is I feel like everybody has a creative role to fulfill here in their life in some way or shape or form. And it could be, like I said, it could be anything there's different ways to channel that creative energy, but um, you know, what would you say to somebody that you know, basically trying to find their life purpose? And why so I'm just not really talented at anything. I don't have any, you know, creativity.
1: Mm. Mm, the first I would say is like, is, is that true? The story that you're telling yourself, is it true? Um, and then to make it really simple. What do you enjoy doing? What brings you joy? What is fun? Because when we are in our joy, when we're doing something that's fun, that lights us up, we are in contact with that creative energy. We are allowing life force to move through us. Um, so if you're feeling like, oh, there's, I, I can't, I'm not good at anything. There's nothing that comes natural to me, then try and focus on what do I enjoy doing? and. Um, and bring like spend more time there do that thing more often or bring you bring yourself into that state because when you like marinate and immerse yourself in that field things will start to move and shift and happen because you you there there's an opening there it's a it's an invite it's an inviting energy so when you're in those Uh, When they're in those feelings, more of that will come towards you.
0: Mm. So keep
1: it simple. What brings you joy? What do you enjoy doing? Do that. You
0: know, I saw one of my friends has an art gallery here in Phoenix, Arizona. Actually, it's in Cave Creek to be technical. But when I went over to go check it out, she has two artists, two guys. Each of them are like in their 80s. And they're like at the peak of their art career. <laughs> they're painting and doing these iron sculptures and stuff. I'm like, holy smokes, man. That is so cool. That is so inspiring to see that. You know, to see somebody just channeling that art, even you know, late in their life in an eight, 80, whatever, eighty-five or whatever it was. But I think also, you know, that's that's when you have the most experience too. You know, the older you get, I think we feel we should be always developing ourselves and always in tune. And in those last years are so precious and so golden if you can do that, because you really have the gift of hindsight of experience. And that's when really like your best work is, is coming out, you know, because you're just so, um, tenured with life, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I, that's what I, I would see it as somebody really growing and developing. And ideally, you know, by the end of your life, you're just, that's the most golden age of your life. Ideally, obviously that's not the case, you know, many times, but that would be the goal, you know?
1: Yeah, I feel you there. To to keep on developing, to keep on unfolding. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What? Uh, you had your your app. Um, uh, not your app. Your music, ske- uh, played on a meditation app mm-hmm. by University of Santa Clara or Saint Barbara. Santa Sa- Santa Barbara. Santa yeah. Barbara. That's right. Mm-hmm. How was that whole experience? What What happened there? And. Do they still have the app that you guys you're playing your music on there? Was it an experiment, yeah. like a study?
1: Yeah, I think I think the app is called Finding Focus, hmm. and it was um, developed by the university there, the um, uh, mindfulness department. Like, uh, and they, I just got an email saying, "Hey, we love your music, and we're working on this project with bringing mindfulness." and meditation to high school students in America. Yeah, We're building this app and we would love to feature you and your music. So I said, yes, because that's amazing. What an incredible initiative and beautiful way of um, bringing these transformational tools to humans who are in high stress situations or like in the, in the throes of like, hormonal development and all the things you know that can use all the support that they need to be able to to navigate those waters and yeah we just got on a call and um they had they recorded me like sharing some words about the songs and yeah i think they featured about three three tracks mm-hmm. and yeah rolling it out all throughout the states And that feels incredible.
0: And that's happening. That happened last year, right? I mean, I guess they're still rolling it out or still in the process Mm -hmm. of doing that. Yeah, That's really cool. I'm really curious to hear what, if they will be able to give you any like statistics or if they're monitoring kind of anything like maybe stress levels or any kind of performance metric with the kids, you know, if they're Mm -hmm. listening to that kind of stuff, that's, that'd be really cool. Yeah. So, well, one more question for you, Fia, what are you most grateful for today?
1: oh i'm most grateful for my dog
0: i'm Aww. looking at, at
1: her here on the floor what kind of dog you got she's a swedish valhund and oh i don't Soisha, know that, that sounds cute it's though. an old herding breed from uh-huh. sweden and they were used to herd cows back in the days okay so she she looks like a, a gray gorgy <laughs> uh, like a little wolf and yeah. she's just my best friend we hang out every day <laughs> every moment of every single day <laughs> and today has been like a rainy gray um yeah all day so we we've been hanging out on the couch and taking walks in the rain and she's been looking at me like do we have to be outside today and like yeah. <laughs> mm, a little bit you need to walk and then just coming home drying her off and lying on the couch cuddling so I'm grateful for my dog, her name is Sadie.
2: I am looking at my life, it's better than a dream. So many things I prayed for are now reality. I'm traveling the road, sharing my medicine. A conscious creator supporting healing The world is a wild and beautiful place We are constantly evolving as a human race I truly believe this is a time for greatness Everyone is invited to embody the light Living life as love and shining bright, the shackles of fear, breaking once and for all. This is a song for all the...
0: And there we go. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with my friend, Fia. You know, not too often do I interview, like I said, artists on the show, even though I had a career as an artist, so, uh, and I'm still I still play the piano, I still, you know, dance every now and then, but... Uh, So it's interesting, you know, I I always love talking to other artists and sharing that journey and, you know, music is so powerful. It's something I think we should always have a part of our lives. It is the way we can connect to the divine, I believe. And so I hope this interview inspired you to find your own voice, to incorporate a little more mindfulness into your day, to live a more musical life, you know, that's really important to live a musical life. So make sure you go check out Fia, she's a unique soul, great voice. Go check her out. I'm going to put all the links on the show notes for this episode. There's a lot of them, obviously. But again, she's pretty much anywhere where you can um, look somebody up. So on Facebook, I think it's This Is Fia Music. And that tends to be her handle for a lot of different things. But I will post all the links on the show notes. That way you can go check her out. You can go donate, get some music, uh, sign up, do all that good stuff. As always, thanks so much for being here. The long quote by Brene Brown. I'm going to repeat it, bear with me, but it's a great quote and I have a little bit of something to say about it. If you are not in the arena getting your ass kicked on occasion, I'm not interested or open to your feedback. There are a million cheap seats in the world today filled with people who will never be brave with their own lives, but will spend every ounce of energy they have hurling advice and judgment at those of us trying to dare greatly. Their only contributions are criticism, cynicism, and fear-mongering. If you're criticizing from a place where you're not also putting yourself on the line, I'm not interested in your feedback. Again, that's Brene Brown. A little bit longer quote, but you know, I think it's so valuable because you have to have skin in the game. You have to allow yourself to risk to step into that next thing that you want and to do it bravely because there will always be reasons and naysayers Right? There's always going to be excuses. Your mind is a perfect uh, you know, lawyer when it comes to that. It's always going to come up with a long list of reasons why you shouldn't do something. And people will echo that because we all have the same mind when it comes to that kind of stuff. So you know, that stuff is easy. Those are cheap seats, right, the way that Brene Brown describes it. And I love that because they are cheap seats. This is the game. You can either be sitting on the sidelines and watching the game you know, it's very easy to, to watch, a, uh, for example, a basketball game and, you know, criticize, well, you know, they didn't do this or they didn't weren't fast enough or they didn't shoot. And, you know, it's very easy to do that. But when you're in the game, when you're actually dribbling the ball and making those plays and up, up close and personal, it's a very different story. And so this is the same thing with the game of life, I believe. You have to get up, and to me it's dancing, right? You got to get up and dance. You got to get up and dance to the music. Even if you feel incompetent, even if you don't really know the steps, You got to get up and dance and be brave and don't allow other people to convince you to stay on the sidelines. So hope that serves you today. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, so grateful to have you here with me today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll hope to see you on Tuesday for a little transformation Tuesday, and we'll see you next week. Have a great rest of your weekend. And don't forget, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.